Ooh, welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Now, Griffin, you survived the last seven rounds of So You Don't Want to Die a Horrible Death in Space. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is your final question. Okay. The lights go on. I'm ready. How's your day going? Uh, good. I mean, bad. Ooh, I'm sorry. The answer we were looking for is totally bitching, Zach. No! I know, I know. Totally bitching, Zach. No. Well, I was so close to not dying a horrible death in space. You were, you were, you were. Anyway, airlock? <laughs> Next week, we'll talk to Joe Jefferson and see if he wants to avoid a horrible death in space. I've been Zachary Tuttle Rob. See you I'm week. Joe Jefferson. I think I got a pretty good chance. Uh, we think you do as well, Joe Jefferson. Goodbye. And this is where uh, Editor Griffin needs to put in like some game show, but like also sci-fi sounding music. Okay. Thanks for giving me homework. <laughs> yes, I've challenged you this week. Oh wait, sorry. I got I died a horrible death in space. I'm not here anymore. Zach what if, do the show? Yeah, yeah, you you got to do a little bit of sound effect though of like you. Like, you know, you're you exploding in the, the vacuum of space. Listen, man, I'll try. <laughs> no, like, I mean, like, you with your mouth right now. Do some oh, imp- right improm- now? Impromptu Foley work right now. The scream wasn't enough? No, no, I didn't. I didn't hear it because we're on Discord in it. And when you. Pe- oh, I screamed very loud. OK, cool. Well, then I, I yeah. it'll it'll probably go well. Yeah. Yeah. I, di- I didn't hear it. So. Sorry. It's OK. Well, that and you were like, you're like leading away. Yeah, it so, was like, like a. It was like if I hadn't leaned away, I would have peeked that damn mic. Oh, you know nice, 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 Hey, folks, welcome back to an episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I'm Zach. I've died a horrible death in space, but I remain Griffin. <laughs> yes, the <laughs> imploded molecules that yeah. once were known as Griffin Cold Iron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I'm just uh, a space, space ghost. Oh. Space Ghost. Go, it was like, space Goost. Space Goost. <laughs> well, no, because uh, I think it was Adult Swim. They had a show, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and it was like a That's cartoon talk show. Yeah. Look it up. Space Ghost. <laughs> very great. Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast, yeah. Oh, shit. What's up, buddy? Man, it's just been, you know, it's Institute season. Staying on that grind? I'm staying. I can't, I can't get off the grind. <laughs> the grind everyone just wants to ending people are so so hot for the institute oh man you know who i saw today though that did really it set the tone for the whole day it was a nice boost right in the morning Um, you saw anderson cooper no damn it (laughs) um I, i actually don't know if i'll leave this in the show or not but i saw hashtag my friend kyle you saw my friend kyle <laughs> yeah. awesome 
my my friends from high school that I told a lot of stories about, and I always started them with my friend Kyle. And now that I've moved away and have made some new friends, that you guys, like you, Zach, you've, yeah, become, you've graduated my... to my friend Zach. Oh, man. Well, my best friend, Zach, but. Oh, babe. Yeah, babe. <laughs> babe, stop. Um, but I'm exhausted. Yeah. And, um, would like to go to bed. So okay, well, we got an episode. Like to, we got an episode. I'm yeah. on. I'm still on, like, you know, Eastern multiversal time. Yeah. When I think you've been on Western multiversal time. Well, I was in a different country last week, so. You were actually. Do you want to talk about that? I, I was in Ireland. I can't talk. I, uh, 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 le- I, I can't legally talk too much. Okay. But sure. I was in Ireland, in you Dublin. In Ireland. It was very cool. It's crazy to think about that I sat in a pub that is three times older than the country I live in. But yeah, I was in a pub. It's the oldest pub in Ireland that was wow. established in 1128. Wow. Uh, so it is uh, almost 900 years old. That pub's been around for a minute. It's been around three <laughs> times longer than the U.S. has been a country. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, the world's fucking old. The world is old, um, and I don't think we as uh, as a uh, you know uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, makes note of that enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we touch on the fact that the world is ancient uh, anywhere but here. Um, yeah. Wowzers. Wowzers. Wowzers, Bowsers. Anyway, folks, we've um, we got an episode it's that we got to do. Um, what are we doing? Well, Dalton, you you normally make the. You well, do you the... know, I just I figured I you know like I, like I feel like I monopolize like when it comes to like our segment names. I I I love your segment names though, but I can I can do a well. A it's reading. Just, it's just like if you want yeah like if you wanted the opportunity like I, I sure, I'm willing I'll, to pass that particular ra- you know rain over to you. I'll I'll give it a try. All right, let's see what you um, got. Okay, it's gonna be weird putting the fanfare in and then making it my voice. Yeah. Um, but I'll do it. I'll do my best. Um, folks, we've got another episode of. Folks are fucking rad. That's pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I normally aim for just a lower register when I'm doing it to really kind of do. Yeah, yeah, like add like that, like you know, whatever in space. Should I do it again? Yeah, get, give it. Can you give us a lower <coughs> take on it? Yeah, like yeah, same energy. Yeah, just bring it down like an. Octave. I feel like I got my diction right, like hey, my enunciation no, yeah, right. No, like I you, just got it. It's a you tonal got the, thing. The, the the cadence of it perfectly. Uh huh. Yeah. I can hear the fanfare in my head. Yeah, very good. Too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> you got it. You got this. All right. Okay. Bottom of the ninth. Holy shit. Oh, my gods. These folks are fucking right. That was pretty good, bud. Yeah? That was pretty good, dude. All right. Now he's got to get some reverb on that vision. We're good to go. Awesome. Hey, folks, hey, it's hey. another holy shit. Oh my god, these folks are fucking rad. Otherwise known as a Hissam Gitfoffer. Hissam Gitfoffer. 
because it's impossible not to say it like I am a Swedish person. Bork, yes. bork, bork. On with the episode. Uh, if so this our- is your first, uh, oh, sorry. No, uh, if this is your first Assam Gitfafer, uh, basically we go through all of these creature books and we talk about all the creatures that would make good pets, but there's so many things in these books that are just cool folks that are, are just people or entities that would be morally dubious to claim ownership on. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Sometimes we just want to celebrate some cool people. So here yeah. we are. We so made a we segment are. and we're doing it. And we're back in our, our new favorite book, Tome of Beasts 3 by Cobalt Press. Yeah. So up first we have the Tuberkith. All right. A- and the Tuberkith are essentially potato folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm they're, just looking. They're straight at, up potato people. At this charming little, t- uh, I almost said topato. This charming <laughs> little topato man. He's got little glasses and a little tunic, and he's pushing a little wheel a wheelbarrow with what looks like radishes in it. Yeah. Or beets. Well, I think radishes. Yeah, but it says a stout potato-shaped humanoid hums happily as it pushes its wheelbarrow f- uh, filled with radishes yeah. through a recently harvested field. Yeah, Two- there's like yeah. roots coming out that like yeah, they've are got the, the hair. The, the little hair. Yeah, you know, like when you let like potatoes or onions sit on your the top of your fridge for too that long. That is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Tuberkith are root vegetables given sentience by fey magic. Okay, so they're actually just potatoes that were that are awakened. They're awakened <laughs> potatoes. Fucking shit. Love that. Stupid fairies. <laughs> After a rural village offended the local fey court, <laughs> its unseely ruler condemned the villagers to watch their year's harvest uproot itself and walk away, leaving them to starve. Oh potatoes, my god! Oh, potatoes, beets, yarrow, and yams crawled from the soil and strolled oh. about the village. Yeah, other tubers. So not, yeah, not strictly potatoes. Tubers. Tubers. The Fey Lord's curse did not work out as intended. Instead of fleeing into the surrounding wilderness, the Tuberkith became uh, quite social. <laughs> they exhibited a natural predisposition for managing crops and happily supported the villagers' uh, farming efforts in growing additional food. The Tuberkith settled among the villagers and formed families, becoming a blessing in the long run. That's so fucking funny. That's so fun. I love that. All right, denizens. You've made fool of me for the last time. Time to watch your harvest dance away. And then they get up. Like, like yeah, Night of the Living Dead style. Uh, hey there. You need some help toiling uh, the soil? Uh... Yeah, actually, that'd be great. Cool, let me go grab this hole over here and we'll get right to it. Uh, for sure, thanks, dude. No, stop! What are you guys doing? You're supposed to be running away! I'm perfectly content where I'm at. Well, fuck. (laughs) Well, fuck. (laughs) They're friends in the field. Tuberkith forms strong relationships uh, with the communities around them who cherish the Tuberkith's natural connection to the fields they work. They seem to especially enjoy working with humans, halflings, and Arena. Doing a quick search for Arena. Awesome. Planting offspring. When reproducing, both Tuberkith parents plant an eye in the ground. The parents tend to the burgeoning roots for three months, then they pull the new offspring from the ground. 
Nice. That's, that's fun. It's like, um, did you ever watch the movie Robots? It was, I think, a DreamWorks flick. You know the answer to that, Zach. Oh, well, it's a, a point It's a where movie, the, so therefore I haven't watched it. Okay. Well, there's a whole bit where <laughs> the one where the one robot guy, he's doing his job as a dishwasher. Um, oh. But then, like, you know, word that, like, essentially, like, the call that, like, you know, a human person would get of, like, oh, you know, your wife is going into labor. And so he's, like, running. He's, like... He's like, oh, the delivery's happening. And he's like, I'm going to be a dad. And he's running home. And it was like, you know, like a build your baby, like a box was delivered. Okay. And so, yeah, the parents are putting, the, it's it's like that. They're, like, you know, sowing, so, you know, yeah, sowing the, 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 uh, their wild oats and <laughs> growing a baby. There you go. Um, Apparently, they've got defensive. Oh, sorry. What's, yeah. Uh, the arena appear to be uh, hedgehog people. Oh yeah, they're in this book somewhere. Yeah, there's a um, an arena. Uh, I think it was a tussler that looked oh, like yes. a little like a little like hand to hand fighter. Yeah, him up, dude. Gonna have a tussle. Oh, I love that. Uh, they uh, apparently something about defensive weapons. Like All other right. cultures, Tuberkith have developed weapons to defend themselves from predators and foes. The Tuberkith wield two-handed mashers, which can <laughs> knock their foes to the ground, while allies use one-handed peelers to effortlessly slice flesh from the prone enemies. That's intense. And a little, uh, uh, that's that's bonkers. It's like, all right, we're potato people, and what happens to us most of all? We get peeled and we get mashed. Time to wreak our revenge. It's like the Batman theory. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to use the thing that I am most afraid of to strike exactly. fear into the hearts of my enemies. Oh, man. Oh, I love shit. the tuber. Kid. I'm a big fan. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, there's small plants. They uh-huh. could have they could have any alignment. I want to see like a Tuberkith rogue uh-huh. so bad. That's just I, like a bloodthirsty a- assassin. Yeah, this suggests that there are chaotic evil Tuberkith. Yeah, uh, there's hey, just an hey, evil fucking yam man out there. Hey, Tone, uh, uh, hey, uh, Cobalt Press, I hey. need you to give us the Tuberkith as a playable race yes. right now. <laughs> yes, so I can right have a Tuberkith lich. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> yam lich. The Yamlich. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, but yeah, they got armor class. They have apparently natural armor. It's that thick potato skin. Um, twenty-two hit points, thirty foot walking speed, a burrow speed of twenty feet. That's nice. Uh, not very good strength. Dex is pretty good at a fourteen. Cons a fifteen. Nice. Um, they're not super charismatic. Minus one. But they speak common and sylvan. Ooh, they're du- duolingual. Ooh. Bilingual potato. Bilingual potato. <laughs> That's a band name. <laughs> that, yep, send it in. Uh, they got deep roots. The tuber kith has advantage on strength and dexterity saving throws made against effects that would move it against its will along the ground. Hmm. Love that. Uh, and has dozens of eyes. The Tuberkith has advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on sight and on saving throws against being blinded. In addition, if the Tuberkith isn't blinded, creatures attacking it can't benefit from traits and features that rely on the creatures uh, cr- that rely on a creature's allies distracting or surrounding the Tuberkith, such as pack tactics oh. or sneak attack. Oh. Now, I'm interested since it has dozens of eyes. Like, the picture we have, this uh-huh. Tuberkith has a pair of glasses on. Yes. 
on all the other eyes on its bodies does it have like a tiny monocles that it's just <laughs> just kind of has glued to it in random spots or uh, like enough enough there? eyes working in in unison in concerts equal one regular eye gotcha that's my theory awesome uh it's actions it's got its peeler yeah which uh, is plus four to hit. It does a uh, D6 plus two slashing. And then it's got its masher, which is a plus <laughs> four to hit. Uh, one D8 plus two bludgeoning. And if the target uh, is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 12 uh, st- strength save or be knocked prone. There you go. A little badasses. I like them a lot. These I like are them super a lot, cool. Dude. And like initially, I thought they were very goofy, but I think it's a very nice, like. What a wholesome thing to add to a little village, just like, you know, yeah. on a on a nice for a for a travel series, like you pass through the local farming town yeah. and just a cool little piece of uh, a cool little layer you can add to the world. Yeah. Apparently they have a flourishing influence. Oh. When five or more tuber kits settle in an area and work farmland, planting and harvesting crops for at least one season, the plants within five miles of the tuber kits farm become healthier and enriched. Nice. Yeah, such plants are immune to non-magical blights, diseases and poisons, and they have an advantage on saving throws against magical blights, uh, against magical blights, diseases and poisons. In addition, these plants produce produce half again the normal amount of food when harvested so they they produce 1.5 times the oh food. sick once active this effect remains as long as at least one tubercith continues to work at least one acre of farmland in each area each wow. season that's legit yeah dude fucking tubercits they're great they're insane i love them <laughs> i want to see a little like beat beat person Awesome. So yeah, if you were so if Tuberkits were a playable race, what would you build? Ooh, man. I mean, like obviously, like a Tuberkith, uh, like Druid would be sick. But like, sure. I feel like it's got to be like some like a wild sort of like subclass, like either like wildfire or like the, like the sp- <laughs> like circle of spores. Yeah. Like a, a imagine um, just, just a fucking potato walking around with like mushrooms growing all over it. Yeah. I'd be down for like a like Tuberkith like Ancients Paladin. Oh hell yeah. Like, you know, so tied to the earth and like dedicated to protecting it, like that inseparable bond. Yeah. I love that. Well, here's a question. If a Tuberkith were a druid and used wild shape, would like say turn into like a panther, <laughs> would the panther be a potato? potato panther potato panther um it's like that very horrible like someone made like a clown race yeah and if they turn and if they wild shape their balloon animals my dm and verisimilitude answer is no because like a humanoid is turning from a humanoid to a beast right well yeah but like like, but like when you turn to like a beast like you know like we've already got hair in like a lot of places uh like we have the capacity to grow it but uh-huh. like, but like a potato don't like a potato doesn't have meat. It's just a potato. <laughs> I guess you are jumping like you know humans and beasts are at least both still like mammalian. Yeah. So you are jumping like some some like you know phenotypes there. Yeah. Um, 
Shit, man, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I I would love to think that if I were a potato man and I turned into, like, you know, like a shark or, like, an eagle, like, I would be a potato shark or eagle. My brain brain did go to, like, potato with wings. Yeah, potato with wings. (laughs) Shit, I don't. I love I the Tuber Kits so much, though. They're dude. they're pretty grand. They're not really good. Lie. You might <sighs> say that they're fucking rad. I would agree. You know All what? Right. Ten out of ten on the on the fucking rad scale. Ten out of ten. All right, where are we moving to next, Griff? Um, <laughs> we've got some more folk. Okay. Uh, up next we've got the uh, puffin folk. Okay. It's a little guy. All right. Or 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 gal. Okay. Or non-binary pal. Okay. Um, they're small. Yeah. They got that puffin head. Yeah. They got the puffin feet, the little yeah. webbed feet. Uh, this one's wearing like a nice like uh like tunic and coat with a little cape, a nice belt, some pantaloons. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a dagger uh, and smoking a pipe. The um, really, yeah. No, you, 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 you. No, you go ahead. I, no, okay. Um, is it the hands, Zach? It's the, it's the hands. What's wrong um, with the hands? They're just regular human hands, <laughs> and I find it really unsettling. They do have just um regular human hands. Just like if, like, like if we met like a guy named Rob down the road, mm-hmm. like. His hands are identical. (laughs) A small but stocky bird-like person looks up along its bright orange bill. It wears a simple leather vest over the short black and white feathers that cover its body. Its wings end in clawed hands... They're clawed hands, apparently. Where are they claws at? (laughs) One of which holds a smoking pipe. Puffin folk live in small colonies on rocky coastlines and on small islands that are inhospitable to most other creatures. They make their homes high on the sides of cliffs or in the sides of small hills on islands. Puffin folk have close-knit communities that work together on most tasks and help provide for each other. Yeah. We like that. They are renowned fishers and ocean explorers. Puffin folk eat a steady diet of fish that they capture by diving into the water from the air. They never use boats and rarely use nets. Though small, they have surprising endurance and can go on prolonged hunting flights, returning with heavy loads of fish. No matter how far out they fly or swim or what path they take, they can always find their way back home or to a favored fishing spot. When puffin folk trade with outsiders, it is usually for their reserves of fish or the strange objects or locations they discover while swimming in remote areas. Um, so, in my, so my, you know, kind of going off what we're doing with the potato folk. Um, uh-huh. All I am envisioning is like, you know, like a dread pirate sort of scenario. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, the captain's coming up on deck. You better be, you got to be scared as shit, kid. And then you hear like, yeah. And then just this little guy walks out. It's like, oh, well, hello there. How are you? But has Very like, good. has like the long coat with the high collar. Yeah. Like. You know, a bandana, an eye patch. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, there's like a big chunk missing from his bill. Ooh. And, and he's like, it's hardcore. 
Why, hello, good day to you. <laughs> Hi. But, like, the type of person that's, like, super cordial and then, mm-hmm. like, will, like, you know, like, switch on, like, you know, a moment's notice, like, will seem totally reasonable. And, like, yeah, so let the young boy up. And he's like, oh, thank you, sir. And then, like, as he's standing up, you know, he puts, like, his hand on, like, the mast. And then mm-hmm. suddenly, like, he draws a dagger and just shoves Shh. it through the kid's hand. Oh, I told you not to venture out into my ocean. Don't we feel like a fool now? (laughs) The dread pirate Bippin. Why, yes, it is I, the dread pirate Bippin. (laughs) You should know better than to tread in my waters. These are Bippin's waters. These are Bippin's tides. Next, next camp, next world I build. I'm adding an oceanic city named Bippin's Tide. Bippin's Tide. <laughs> one I word. One word. Yeah. Uh, puffin folk do. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like make it just a fucking. Oh God, what is it? Uh, in um the Mighty Nine campaign, the fucking uh, was it Dark Toe? Mm-hmm. Like just like the a pirates hor- paradise, a horrid yeah. pirate paradise, and it's just Bippin's Tide. That's very good. <laughs> Why is it called Bip- Why is this place called Bippin's Tide? It sounds so you, whimsical. You, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, someone rolls a high history check to figure out about the story about the dread pirate Bippin. Even questioning why uh, why the the pirate lord's home is called that. <laughs> Send you to the gallows in no time. Oh goodness. Puffin folk worship and give tribute to all gods and powerful creatures of note that live in the sea. They don't choose sides when it comes to the gods of the sea, and they pay their respects to all of these gods in hopes of gaining favor for their communities. This worship sometimes includes sacrificing goods or performing blood rituals. Oh. But they never sacrifice sentient creatures for such worship. Oh. Yeah. I'm going back and forth on these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... They are small humanoids as well. They're puffin folk. Uh, they're typically classed neutral. Uh, 15 armor class with their leather armor, 22 hit points. They have a 20-foot walk, a 30-foot swim, and a 40-foot fly speed. Oh, shit. So they got to waddle around on land, but elsewise, they're pretty pretty. Steady. That's impressive, actually. Yeah. Like, imagine, uh, imagine having that mobility. That's a lot. Yeah. You could just, like, puffin, like launch out of the water and just go like and just flutter <laughs> off uh they've got pretty decent stats no negatives their lowest is a charisma at a 10 highest is a dexterity of an 18 uh i bet, I bet the charisma's at a t- only at a 10 because of the hands it's because of the hands really it's because really, yeah. of the hands uh, they also have four skill proficiencies in athletics, nature, stealth, and survival Dang. 60 foot dark vision they speak common and aquan uh, the like elemental language yeah. of water. Uh, they have an ability called Blessing of the Sea Gods, while they have advantage on saving throws, just all saving throws, while flying over or swimming in ocean waters. That is intense. That is potent. That is a potent ability. They are hardy ocean explorers. The puffin folk is considered a medium creature when determining its carrying capacity. Okay. In addition, they can also hold their breath for up to 30 minutes. And they have oceanic recall. The puffin folk can perfectly recall any path that has traveled above or within an ocean. 
Interesting. Yeah. Their only listed action is a peck attack. Like like a um like a Spiro would learn in Pokemon. Yeah. Uh does uh, plus 6 to hit, does 1d6 plus 4 piercing damage though. No. That's not that hey, Zach, that could kill a wizard. It could kill a wizard. I, that hey, could kill I a know, level 1 wizard. I know you start only knowing peck, but I'm pretty sure you can get HM fly at some point. <laughs> Eventually it gets to real peck. Yeah. Uh, and they have a reaction called Quick and Nimble. When a creature the Puffin Folk can see targets it with a melee or ranged attack, the Puffin Folk darts out of the way, and the attacker has disadvantage on the attack roll. And uh, there's a little side block here about uh, a, a, Puff- a Puffin Folk nets. They spend hours each day exploring the ocean's shores and depths for treasures they can trade uh, to travelers. They developed special nets to aid them in this endeavor, allowing them to haul more treasure back to their village. It's a net of lightning. Lightning. Woven from strands of seagrass, this net is lightweight and easy to throw. has a plus one to attack rolls. In addition to the normal effects of the net, the net halves the weight of any creature restrained by... Oh, it's lightning, not yeah, lightning. lightning. Okay. Halves the weight of any creature restrained by or objects inside of it. Uh, neat. That's cool. That is, that is impressive. A little magic net. They're really so they carry all that people. good, good shit back to their village. Or capturing people. Or that. Yeah, that means you, they could... Imagine, like, two puffin folk throwing a net over, like, a Goliath. Yeah. And then lifting them up and dropping them into an ocean. <laughs> and the Goliath weighs, like, half the weight it normally would. Yeah, that's... These puffin folk don't fuck around. These They, they don't it's, puff and fuck around. It's that, that Brennan Lee Mulligan meme. Do you think I fuck around? <laughs> you think I fuck around? <laughs> No, the Puffin Folk, despite the kind of anxious look on this little dude's face, like... He means biz. It means mad biz. And, like, they know Bippin. Dude. They Bippin for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, Piggy Dippin. I... (laughs) I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, a thought experiment. You know how there's those like things where it's like, how fast can you go in D and D if you stack yeah. like, you know, feline agility and haste and all of that. Yeah. Uh, you throw a net of lightning over someone uh, with the reduce spell cast on them as well. What's the lightest you can make someone? What's the lightest PC that you can make? You do that on like a fairy or something, which is already or like a pixie that's super lightweight already. Yeah. How light can you make a sentient thing? Yeah. Net of Lightning cuts it in half, and I'm pretty sure Reduce cuts it by, like, down to, like, one-eighth it's, of the original yeah. weight. You can make a light boy. Make a, you know what? Make you a gotta, real you tiny weigh, boy. You got a weigh-in coming up for your UFC? <laughs> yeah, just get a net in, in the Reduce spell. <laughs> You're good. You're good to go. You're good to go. Yeah, oh, for real, though, you, uh, you cast Reduce on yourself, but then you cast Disguise Self. To make yourself look the normal size. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Really, you really can, fuck up that way. Can man. you have both of those going? Yeah, just uh, gotta stop this Yeah, it's not concentration. Boom, boom. We we fucking nailed it. And how to cheat the UFC? Fucking nailed it. Nice. Awesome. Anything else I, on Puffin folk? Nah, dude. They nah. Uh, they mean business. We'll see you again in Bippin's Tide. We'll see you in Pippin's Tide. <laughs> uh, you want to hit an ad? 
Ad break. All right. Jamie, hit the ad, please. There are hundreds of dating sites, dating apps, and matchmakers out there. And do you know what they all have in common? A complete lack of respect for the humble goblin. Are goblins just expected to pick up the dregs left behind by the dashing half-elf sweeping away the fairest maidens? Are bugbears just supposed to be the third wheel to their dwarven friends all their lives? Are ogres really deserving of love? No. No. And yes. On Grumble, things are different. Grumble is the premier dating and romance service for goblins and goblin kin. At Grumble, our staff delicately reviews every application to ensure only the deepest connection between you and your future love, or loves. We cater to all genders, colors, and sexualities. Just say the word and we won't stop until you are thoroughly satisfied. Just listen to some of our most satiated clients. Before Grumble, I thought I'd never find anyone for me. Between my busy schedule of murder and pillaging, there was no time to look for love. Now, thanks to Grumble, every day I return to my cave, covered in the blood of my enemies, to the little green love of my life. I don't know how I'd pillage without them. After a hard day of trading stocks and bonds, it was nice to meet up with my newfound hobgoblin biddy for a good old-fashioned bone down. Let me tell you, Grumble got me exactly what I needed. Someone to share my hyper-aggressive sexual tendencies with. Price, no problem. Discretion, don't worry about it. Satisfaction, guaranteed. Big thumbs up to grumble. Me and my bugbear partner were looking for someone open-minded to add to our relationship, but goblins aren't really well known for being that flexible. However, thanks to Grumble, they curated several candidates for us to look over, and we welcomed Brizgax to our home and our hearts. Couldn't have done it without the hard-working folks at Grumble. Thanks, Grumble! Sign up for Grumble today with 25% off your first month using the promo code PETSHOP and start looking for the goblin of your dreams. Grumble. Get busy. Alright. Alright. Oh, God. I just had the most violent hiccup when I did that. Jamie, bring him some water. What are you doing? I'm all out of of Coke. Jamie's on on his way. I'm gonna drink the last of this dregs from this from that. Oh, do it right now. Oh, you had canes? I had chickens, dog. Dude, I'm like jelly. on my way home from work. It's great. So jelly. It's good All shit. Right. Are we ready? Yeah. This is the capybear. It's, pro- uh, it's, it's pronounced capybara. So. No, this is the capybear. Huh? It's cappy bear. Explain. It's like a big capybara. <laughs> it's capybara. like a feeling. Like a small bear, you know, like if you had like a maybe like a small, like a small sun bear, yeah. But a but a capy capy capybara capybara the capy bear capybara. No, so capy this bear, is a capy bear. This is a cute, uh, you know, big old furry boy. But he's got like war paint, yeah, and like a and necklace. like like a necklace and some like cool like wristbands. Yeah, I'm jelly of those wristbands. It's pretty cool wristbands. Uh, mud splotches this rotund quadru- 
quadrupedal rodents, reddish-brown fur, the pigmented markings, and the gleam of curiosity in its eyes denote the creature's intellect as greater than an ordinary animal's. A loamy odor wafts from the creature. There's so much to unpack in just that opening flavor text. Yeah. First of all, you can, nothing can be described as rotund and it not be cute. Yeah, this is Rot- a pretty cute boy. Rotund means cute, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That just means like, you know, like 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 big and cute. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Big and round and cute. Big and round and cute. <laughs> Capybaras dwell in marshes, swamps, and forests with deep bodies of water. They feed on grasses, reeds, low-hanging leaves, and other readily available vegetation. Though capybaras are oversized rodents, often reaching a height equivalent to a pony yeah, and physically imposing, they find themselves prey to large cats and smaller pack hunters. Boo. They're sapient grazers. <laughs> Capybears roam their territory searching for their favorite grasses and roots to eat immediately and to gather for future meals. Observers uh, who follow the rodents often mistake them for ordinary, if massive, rodents at first. However, further observation covers the capybear's ability to communicate and coordinate. Ooh. They have their own language composed of barks, chirps, and growls, which proves difficult for outsiders to duplicate short uh, of magical means. Mm. With patience, non-capybears can establish a dialogue with the creatures. Capybears have limited dexterity in their paws, leaving them unable to use many tools, but they adeptly use materials available to them to build homes along the bodies of waters they frequent. I love that. I lo- it does just say they have a, one language known, and it's just called Capybear. Capybear. Yeah. I love this. It's great. Apparently, they're useful neighbors. Hell yeah. Capybears generally distrust outsiders and drive away creatures that come too close to their abodes. When they forage for food and supplies, they are not aggressive unless provoked. Societies that have reached an understanding with capybear communities appreciate the industrious creature's presence, for the capybears devour weeds in cultivated land without destroying valuable crops. Yes. The rodents also clear deadfalls from which they gather building material. Yes, capybears. Capybear. Capybear. They're highly social. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They like to party, bud. Capybears gather in groups of 10 to 40. Yeah. Depending on available food. They live up to 40 years and reach maturity after five years, spending the majority of their lives contributing to the community's well-being. Let's go, capybears. Capybears. Many capybears spend their waking hours foraging while a few remain in their hidden abodes to rear young. And the most physically imposing capybears guard their homes from diurnal predators diurnal uh i forget the pronunciation but non-nocturnal okay i think it's diurnal Diurnal, apparently yeah elderly capybears impart their wisdom on the younger capybears at night when the community gathers to eat enjoying (laughs) an egalitarian outlook the creatures dwell in proximity and every capybear is a valued member of the community you know what fucking capybears it takes a village specifically of capybears there we are. They're medium monstrosities. I don't know about that. They're pretty fucking nice. <laughs> they, they're pretty fucking nice. The, yeah, neutral alignment. 
Armor class of 32 and natural. Armor hit points of 60. Woof. Foot speed of 30. Swim speed of 20. Yeah, their lowest status in at a 9, which, like, some days I feel like that's about where my intelligence sits. <laughs> so... Yeah, there are so many PCs that start a D&D campaign with, with an like eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like, don't know how many times I've been like, you know what? Yeah, Int can be the one that I forget about. The Capybear, Capybears are, on average, smarter than Jackson Silver. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure they can communicate better than he can as well. <laughs> oh! Oh! That's right. Suck it to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, they speak Cappy Bear. They can hold their breath for 30 minutes. Nice. They have keen smell. So advantage on wisdom perception. Would it relies on smell? <laughs> they have pack tactics. So advantage mm-hmm. on attack rolls against a creature if at least one other Cappy Bear ally uh, is within five feet of the creature. And isn't inca- uh, incapacitated. They have a pounce. That's funny. Yeah. So you know when they 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 run up on you, uh, uh but from at least twenty feet away, and just kind of ram into you, uh, they can knock you over. And then they have swamp camouflage. They have advantage on stealth checks uh, made in swamp or muddy terrain. Nice. Yeah. They got their bite, which is a uh, plus four to hit, two d six plus two. Holy shit! I know. And then they got that's a, a great slam. sword. Which is plus four to hit, and that's 2d4 plus two. Okay, capybears. Okay, capybears. <laughs> and then they, ha- they have a reaction, which is uh, protect the, uh, the community. When another capybear within five feet of this capybear is hit by an attack, this capybear can leap in the way, become oh. the new target of the attack. Oh, no! Yeah, they've got... Capybears. Uh, as, a, as a reaction, what we in some of our home game, uh, homebrewed uh, systems were able to just kind of do willy-nilly... Yeah. Um, at any given time. I have Even that. Even if it made absolutely no sense. Yep. I have that. <laughs> yeah. I had an ability that said, you can freely guard your allies. Yeah. End of statement. Yep. So fucking Jericho was just fucking ping-ponging around the battlefield. Just ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Just, just willy-nilly. Yeah. All right. So Cabby Bears fuck. Uh, they um, kind of fuck. Yeah, um, Cappy Bear, Cappy Bear, Cappy Bear. Mm. Mm-hmm. More like, well, like Crappy Bear. They're not crappy. Well, how fucking dare you? <laughs> hey, why don't you come over here? It's going to be more like Slappy Bear, am I right? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I love you. I love you, too. Come here. I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to give a dappy, yeah. dappy Bear. Oh, don't add sorry. Hey, don't get sappy, bear. Oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> hey, I like your uh your your uh you've been really growing out your cappy hair. <laughs> I flipped it on you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah. What's a no, cappy uh, bear's favorite fruit? Uh, I don't know. Cappy pear. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Also what you would call a union yeah. of cappy of two cappy bears that they'd be a cappy yeah. pear. Yeah, well we got they're happy, this- they're a happy uh, happy cappy bear pear. Yeah, we gotta like uh, move on though, so that Griffin can uh, get back to his night because he has to fappy bear. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go for like a nap because I like because uh, I talked no, about needing no. to go to bed. No, I was making a masturbation joke. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. 
If I make another dumb joke like that, I swear I'm going to make Griffin Cappy swear. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Um, I would like to talk about Cappy Bear accessories. Okay, yes. Because this one's got a really cool, as we talked about earlier, the war paint, like the face paint, uh, and like the bracelets and the necklace. Yeah. What What would a, what can we dress, what can we set up a modern Cappy Bear with? Um, I would love to see them, uh, you know, like in like one of those, like a big, like a big zoot suit with like a big fedora, you know, like they were going to rob a bank. Um, I would love to see that. Um, I would give anything. Uh, also like a 1970s, like basketball player with like the really short shorts and like, you know, like that big seventies hair with like some sideburns and like, you know, like the sweatbands around the head and like the wrists, um, I I love you, Zach, because like my brain was obviously just gonna go someplace <laughs> like you know sunglasses. Oh, and you gotcha. went straight to <laughs> zoot suits and nineteen seventies basketball players. I was also gonna say um, that sort of like in down the middle, like Victor Victoria um, <sighs> vibe uh, would be incredible. Um, also, yep. an Keep astronaut going. costume. Let's go. <laughs> um, also, uh, I would love to see him dressed as one of your favorite PCs you've ever played, Jojen Smallpaw. Oh, with a and big like wizard a, hat. Yeah, big wizard hat. Dude, Cappy yeah. Bear Wizard, 100%. Oh, here for it. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> My brain goes to places I don't want it to, but then other times it opens wide. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's like you know, like 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 the well of knowledge opens, and I just cappy stare. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm gonna pass out, Zach. Yeah, we went to dinner tonight. Yeah, before we had our main Don't. course, we we had some Abby Bears. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> say some more but i better not cappy dare i'm gonna leave the (laughs) podcast and the state yeah i know you i can see you've got one more baked up just hit me with it zach you got do it i fucking dare you no i cappy dare you okay sorry i was just gonna say like i i i could say more but i've already you know said my fair cappy share okay okay it's, yeah <laughs> okay we can move on now my <laughs> entire jaw hurts <laughs> I'm so sorry i love cappy bears so much i love them too they don't oh, deserve this horrid treatment we're giving them oh i love them cappy bears you're goddamn angels cappy bears uh uh Nine out of ten. All right. Okay. Get it together. Suck it up, Zach. Uh, all right. Last chunk. Let's go. Uh, all right. Uh, we have a, a little trio of creatures here that we'll skim through, uh, known as Archons. The Archons. We have a Siege Archon, an Ursin Archon, and a Word Archon. Word. Uh, word. Respectively. Uh, so they are all uh, Celestials. 
the Siege Archon. Looks like a big metal elephant. Well, it looks like an elephant in armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, big ass wings. And then on the end of its trunk is just like a fucking sledgehammer head. Yeah, it's it looks badass. And I like in the picture, say. it's like rearing up and its trunk is wound back. Like it's going to slam a jam some fool into next oh, week. Oh, they're about to get fucking slam a jam big time, buddy. Uh, the Ursin Archon is uh, not just a bipedal polar bear, but a bipedal polar bear that is completely ripped. Oh, he's so fucking cut. Uh, also big wings, yeah. wielding a, like, two-handed golden poleaxe. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful bit of craftsmanship, honestly. Uh, and then conversely, the word archon is a flying helmet. Yeah, it, it looks a bit like the like the Dr. Fate helmet, but it's silver. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, got, yeah. like, that, that like, sort of Roman, like, mohawk thing. Yeah, yeah the br- like, the brush, yeah, the, the, the broom bristle on it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's just got wings. And they are, uh, the Siege Archon and the Word Archon are lawful good. The Ursin Archon's chaotic good. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all Celestials, uh, huge, large, and tiny. Uh, let's just read a little bit. I'm not going to read <laughs> all of this. Um you got the, the Siege Archon, gleaming steel armor girds the flanks, encases the head, tips the tusks, and shoes the feet of this elephantine Archon. A massive hammerhead sits at the end of its long trunk. Its immense eagle-like wings, feathered with steel, make a oh. musical sound, not unlike a wind chime as it flies. Ooh, I love that. Ooh. A single siege archon can batter down the sturdy steel gate of a large city in less than a minute. Originally created to guard celestial cities from fiendish incursions, they first saw direct action when they breached the infernal walls of a great city in hell and held them while other archons rescued devas held by the city's ruling archdevil. While not active, Siege Archons remain completely motionless, often for large stretches of time. Creatures unaware of their true nature often mistake them for immense steel and stone statues. Yeah, the main thing of note here is uh, I want to call out their Hammerhead Trunk Maul attack. Yeah. Which does, uh, on average, 42 damage a hit. Fucking hell. Uh, 4d6 plus 6 bludgeoning plus 5d8 force. Yeah, that's wild. That's they have a celestial weapon bullshit. Uh-huh. They can make two attacks with their trunk maul or four ranged attacks with their trumpeting blast, which has a 120-foot range and deals 4d6 plus 5 thunder damage. They can do that Holy four times fuck. in a turn. And then they have a sundering quake recharge ability uh, that is a like twenty foot AOE centered on them that deals fourteen d six force damage. Shit! And then each creature in uh, each structure in contact with the ground uh, takes the damage and collapses if the if it reduces the building to zero. Fucking hell, man! Yeah, that's uh, wild. Really fucking rad, as it turns out. Uh, let's move over to the to the Urson. Archon. This two-legged polar bear unfurls wings as snowy as its body. It swings a great axe in a blur of motion that produces a whirring sound. 
Bear folk stories include legends about solitary bear folk who held back the tide of evil, giving their clans a chance to escape or rally. In return for their sacrifice, these bear folk became Ursin Archons, earning the reward of pursuing an eternal battle against evil. Some of these Archons break ranks and return to their former homes and battle the supernatural and mundane threats against their one-time comrades and family. Just going to take a quick note and put these in the Scars Veil later. Yes. <laughs> uh, their great axe uh, does, on average, 31 damage per hit. Oh, hey, Griff. Yeah, bud? Bjarn Palehide is definitely an Ursan. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but if he absolutely not... is. Oh my god, dude. He absolutely is. Fuck. Uh, filing that away for later, Zach. Nice. Uh they also have a thunderous roar, uh, where creatures take eight D eight thunder damage. And uh well, they can become frightened if they fail a wisdom saving throw. They also have a rallying roar, which is really cool. Where each creature uh, that is within each allied creature within sixty feet, oh, sorry, this is really interesting. The rallying roar. When an Ursan Archon uh, reduces a creature to zero hit points, it can utter a triumphant roar. Each friendly creature within sixty feet of the Archon that is frightened, paralyzed, stunned, or unconscious has advantage on their next saving throw. Uh, a creature without those conditions gets advantage on their next attack. In addition, each creature within 60 feet of the Archon gains 4d6 temporary hit points. It's like I killed something! Yes! Yeah! <laughs> like, yeah! Uh, and then lastly, let's look at this word Archon real quick. Uh, a great word. steel helm. Word. A steel great helm with a featureless mask flies above the land, observing all. Golden light shines from the helm's eye and neck openings. The wings adorning the side of the helm flap rapidly, creating a musical tinkling. There's an element of sound incorporated yeah. with all of them. Yeah, they can make cool. a nice little orchestra. They got crinkle tinkles. <laughs> The least of their kind, word archons, serve as observers, witnesses, and messengers for the greater archon host. The arrival of word archons in the material plane often indicates the forces of chaos are gaining in the uh, gaining the upper hand in a region. If the local residents can't stem the tide, the word archon may call for a large force of archons to step in, for better or for worse. Yeah, they're not uh, uh, nearly as physically potent as their uh, bigger counterparts. Uh, but do have a 90-foot fly speed. They do have an ability called Share Smite, where they can empower the weapon of a creature within 30 feet that can hear it. Uh, and the first time that target hits with a weapon attack, it deals an additional 2d8 radiant damage. So they can, like, add a Divine Smite onto someone else's attack. They're a flying buff helmet. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> and they can also cast Fairy Fire and Heroism once per day. That's wicked cool. That's pretty slick. I think the Archons are tight as fuck and would make a good orchestra. If I put this on my head, uh -huh. would I be able to fly? Um, no. Right. I know that's not the good improv comedy you know answer, hey, but it is my DM answer. Hey, that was that was a decisive answer, and I it's, appreciate it's, it. The way I see it is like it's tiny, and like I find that in my head, tiny's like you know what pixies are sized as. Well, I mean, yeah. You can't, you can't wear that on your head. I mean, but, like, also, like, a cat's tiny. Mm, and yeah. Like, yeah. I'm assuming it's uh, the size of a helmet. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm maybe coming around on it. 
I mean, but like it's a lot in a live thing, so it might not be super down to be yeah. on my head. It could, and or be able to pick me up by my head. Maybe that's the other thing too, yeah. It could ride you as a mount. Well, it could pick me up. My neck would probably just break at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the end of it, my body is just hanging limply underneath. <laughs> maybe it can like maybe it can like scoop you up kind of by like the solar plexus and just kinda like lift you by the tummy. Oh, okay. And like, kind of like fly you around like that, and you're just sort of draped over it. Yeah, the, the, the helmet comes and sits on my chest, and it just fucking vacuum seals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they put me down. I have the biggest fucking hickey in history. <laughs> and it's just got the all weird. Over my chest. It's, it's shaped like the weird eye slits in yeah. the helmet. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fuck. I think the Archons are just a really good example of shit that's fucking rad. Yeah, dude, like, I want to use that fucking elephant, the, the yeah. siege one, so bad. It's Mega so armored cool. hammerhead elephant. That thing's badass. Like, Yeah, jacked winged polar bear. Dude, for real. And then <laughs> the word Archon does give me some, like, be not afraid vibes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, and they like they speak all the word icons speak all languages and have a telepathy of up to sixty feet. So they literally just appear this glimmering winged helmet, biblically Hello. angel style. Yeah. Has any sorry to interrupt? Has anyone seen my keys? <laughs> I was about to say, has anyone seen my keys? <laughs> you can't yes. drive. I still need to get into my apartment. <laughs> My roommate's out of town, and it would be real awkward to call the landlord. For don't real, though. In, don't you live up in heaven? Yes, but I summer in San Fran. <laughs> Come see my show at the improv. <laughs> yeah. I've been working on my set for quite some time. While we're here, does anyone want to hear my tight five? I'm very proud of my tight five. This is good. This is good. I, lo I love this helmet now. <laughs> <laughs> this helmet is my new favorite thing. <laughs> Hello. I, I just recently got out of a relationship, but <laughs> would you like to get some drinks? I will say, since we have a little bit of time left, one of the blocks, the paragraphs on the word archon says they are high-spirited punsters. <laughs> word archons are surprisingly playful and have a deep love of puns and clever wordplay. They prefer to diffuse tense situations through parlay and they disdain violence, turning to it only as a last resort or, prote or to protect innocence from the agents of chaos. Some word archons take their love of repartee so seriously they speak only in rhyming couplets. Many other archons dislike this habit and interact with word archons only when necessary. Yes, I am only a floating helmet. Try not to cappy stare. Oh, Zachary, <laughs> now you're fired. <laughs> I'm fired now. you're now. fired from the pet shop. Oh, but I need the pet shop. Now it's just and Griffin's multiversal pet shop. 
do I get a watch at least? Yeah. You know, like when they used to fire people? Mm-hmm. Or when they would force them to retire at old age? Mm-hmm. Is it a nice watch? It's the size of, like, a grandfather clock. That's too big of a watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some weird spatial shit happened when it came through the multidimensional portal. Okay, goodbye, everyone. Yeah, Zach, I've changed my mind. You're rehired. Hot dog! <laughs> <laughs> you, I died a horrible death in space. You got fired. I got fired. This is new Zach and Griffin. <laughs> Tomato potato. The old fuckers are out of here. The <laughs> new guys are in. Zach 2 and Griffin 2. Not square, we to but do? two. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to say about our friends, the Archons, or just that they're fucking rad? They're just really good. Holy shit. Oh, my, oh God. my God. These guys? Sorry, these folks? Whew. They're fucking rad. Yeah, you don't want to make this a Hassam get goffer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got to be a, a, a get foffer. <laughs> Oh, well, dang it, gang. Thank you all for listening again to another Gosh, episode. Uh, if you, uh, I normally go, this is when I'm, I'm, I'm spiraling into my Spir- normal I'm, ending I'm, spiel. <laughs> I don't want to repeat myself. No worries. Hey, folks, you know, the usual shit. There's a Patreon. There's uh-huh. a merch store. Yeah. That most, that, inter- that uh, uh, info will probably be in the description of the episode, and Griffin might say more of it later. Uh, if he got, you, you, we know he will. Mm. Uh, check out the other shows on the Ghost Like Media Network. If you want us to talk about a specific sort of fandom, world, IP, whatever, just hit us up at Pitch Up Cast on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it, right? I think that's it. Unless you want to like say anything about like TSS or something. Oh yeah, I do a show. It's called These Silent Secrets. We play Monster Arts Two by Avery Older. It's a pretty good show. We're yeah. uh, we're we're getting pretty close to the end of the first season, so uh, nice. you know what? You gotta get in there, dive, uh, dive, dive right into you know down by the bay, um, and uh, get caught up because you want to know everything that's going on before season two. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Awesome. Well, uh, everyone, that's gonna do it for us for another episode. I've been Griffin. I. Have been Zach, and I'm now Zach too. And I'm Griffin too. I forgot. I'm and so he's sorry. also Griffin too. Yeah. I'm Griffin too. I'm not Zach too. I'm just Griffin too. Just Griffin too. Mm-hmm. But just remember, folks, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. <laughs> it's all about love, baby. Be not afraid. I am just a helmet with wings in space. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to episode 110 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons, Two Nerds in a Pod, Connor and Jeremy, for your continued support. 
We'd like to thank Nicole Tuttle Rob for making our theme song. You can find Nicole on Twitter at Nicole Voice and on the Silent Secrets as part of Ghostlight Media. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast, also a part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, make sure you watch out for the Dread Pirate Bippin' in space! This has been a Ghostlight Media production.